Welcome to the Culture of Kindness podcast. Have you wondered about the direction the world is going? Wondered if you and the rest of the world are connecting in a healthy way? I can see it in others, and now I've changed the lens through which I see the world, and to be kind is the only possible result. Because you, you don't have the language of talking, it's kind of almost a language of kindness. In this podcast, we discuss everything from what makes a brilliant leader to where is the world going on our current trajectory and how can we make a culture of kindness and do we actually need to or are we doing all right just as we are? It's roughly 2,000 years since some bloke got nailed to a tree for suggesting that we should all be a little bit nicer to each other. And I fear that over the last 2,000 years we haven't moved on very far from that. Inherently, humans are very badly flawed. And there, there is... I, Nahala Summers, became obsessed about the power of kindness after it was the kindness of a stranger that changed my life. So now I am lucky enough to talk to the most eclectic mix of people, probably on any podcast. Come inside and subscribe. It will open your mind and world up to the best examples of living life wholeheartedly. When you look on the Facebook, even when you look in the comments on BBC, everyone goes, oh, I hate bullies. But then that's like saying, I hate water. You know, bullies have come from somewhere. And what was going to tap on my shoulder from somewhere that said, you cannot just do an act of kindness in a day and that be good enough. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, uh, Culture of Kindness. I'm extremely grateful for your time. All I ever see on LinkedIn is you flying around the world doing amazing <laughs> things. Um, so just to give kind of a summary of um, who you are in the workplace and and what's currently making you really happy in life? Oh, I love that. That's such a phenomenal question. Uh, so who am I? I am Chief Learning and Culture Officer uh, across the Interbrand Group. Uh, and I also head up our global luxury practice, which is really interesting because uh, I think I have quite an unusual role in the sense that my background is I was a creative strategist, still am. Actually, one of my very first clients was Lego, uh, and I still, um, to this day, rave about having had the privilege to work with so many uh, phenomenal brands. I think brands also that have become part of, uh, of culture and our culture, and I think that relationship between brands and culture has been something that has inspired me from, from the beginning and continues to do so. Um, brands are fundamentally about people uh, and and that 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 mutual uh, reciprocity and how brands connect to people is it is just uh, fascinating to me and that's really at the core of the work that we do my background in terms of um, education so I, I obsessed about languages literature and philosophy um, at an earlyish age and I think what's interesting about that is when people ask me to the point about things that make you happy it's um, Yes, I, I adore um, uh, writing as you do. So I think we share very much a common passion there. Okay. As you said, I will probably be sort of tweeting and, and, and on social media as much about literature, art and poetry as I will about brands. Um, <laughs> so that very much makes me happy in life. But I think, to be honest, I think what I would say is the gift of 
um, speaking a number of languages and having studied languages, having lived in a number of countries is, um, is, 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 is really the window and door that it opens up to, uh, to other people and to other cultures. I've always been hugely curious about, um, about the world, about, about other cultures, and the gift of language really allows you to give you a deep understanding in, into other people in, in ways that would not otherwise, I think, be, be, uh, be possible, or at least as deep and meaningful. And, and that's, been a, that's been a real gift over the years. Yeah, I can imagine. I find that interesting, that kind of inter interconnection between brands and people and the fact that obviously with your traveling you experience multitudes of cultures in their in their own environments um so with regards to the people do who are you dealing with are you i i'm guessing that you have to indirectly influence a large number of people let alone teams that you also manage i guess that's yeah, so I think I think what's interesting about the the sort of confluence of, of the three pillars of the role that I have, which which is quite unusual, I think, you know, in combining the craft and uh, and and the work that I do with clients with the work that I do on the inside of a business. But for me, it has always made a difference, and that and that has mattered for a number of reasons because um, working with clients um, day in day out on on in, hugely engaging um, programs of work sometimes. Um, uh, two, three, uh, and, and beyond year-long relationships, um, that that keeps you connected to what inspires us and, and, and to what keeps us moving forward. So, you know, to be at the cutting edge of how we're driving forward the work that we're doing um, with clients. What's interesting, you know, again, my I, I've worked in um, across every sector um, and with a huge number of brands over the years at product, service, and corporate level. I think over time, I, I had an, a gravitation towards the world of luxury and fashion. And I think um, probably because, because they're difficult. They're some of the most difficult. They're some of the most challenging. And I think you also feel a sense of guardianship for these brands that have lived long before us and again if we do things right we'll carry on to live generations after us um, mm -hmm. and that I think connects into uh, so many things around the inside of business and the outside of business and really the edges are blurring as never before so mm -hmm. you know the, the, the better we look after each other um, the, the more connected we are the stronger our culture is the better the, we, the better work that we do with our clients. Like we've always said that we've been valuing the best global brands, the most valuable brands in the world for the past almost 20 years as a business. And you know, one of the elements of that, that, that model looks at the, the strength of a brand. And there are different measures that we look at. But one fundamental principle is that great brands, strong brands begin from within and they're sustained from within. And we, we believe that with a passion. Uh, so that so 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 that really connects into what you're saying around, you know, what I do at um, obviously at a, at a macro level. But really, it's it's how do we connect that into the day to day of what we do? And and perhaps we'll come on to talk about this. I mean, one of the things that we're in the process of doing at the moment, we are shifting from. Um, a, a, a business, a brand that has lived by values for many years to a business now that will be inspired by and hold itself accountable to behaviors. And I think that that signals really powerful shift in terms of in terms of what what kindness means as well. And you talk about kindness and empathy and what it is to be human. So that's a very powerful shift for us. And we're re really excited about that. I think I'm very excited to hear about it. Tell me now. about. I think that I <laughs> I have a ton of questions and we're already going, I, I, but I love it. Values to behaviours and there's some, there's some talking about this, but you're kind of already doing it and I, I'm, I'm interested to hear about it. 
Well, uh, well, I think one of one of the things that again we are you know we are not wholly unique as a business, but we are we are, but we are unique in many ways. And one of the things that always attracted me to our world is that we are a polymathic business. So we have people who are you know analysts and strategists out of um, MIT. We have um, top designers, people in experience and digital, verbal. Um, through across to retail. So we have a, such an eclectic mix of talent and people within our business. You then layer and lather that up and across in terms of 17 offices. So we have, we have uh, footprints and cultures from everything from Tokyo to Sao Paulo to New York and everything in between. So mm. um, and we've always been very much um, a collection of really businesses that I think have felt like families and I think that family feeling is really important yes we are a global network yes we work with the biggest brands in the world and I think what is so special about that there is absolutely a sense of who Interbrand is as you walk through every one of those doors across across our world mm. um, but crucially what holds us together is it, it is something special in how we've brought together people over the years that have this sort of polymathic connect connectivity, this desire to, you know, if you're an analyst, you're as, as intrigued about what's happening when, when, when the work comes to life in creative fruition and vice versa. We look at business case modeling and connect that into what it is to be human. And that mm. really is, is really quite special in, in what we do. And therefore, as we've grown as a business, um, as we continue to evolve at such a pace, uh, we look to actually do the values that we've lived by for so many years still hold up. So mm. it's only right that if we you know, are a leading brand ourselves and a thought leader, we should constantly challenge, challenge ourselves. We should look to ourselves in terms of what is best practice, what is right. Uh, and so we made the shift from values to behaviors. And we are in the process of um, uh, launching these internally at the moment. It's really exciting. So by the time the podcast goes live, they will, they will be fully <laughs> vibrant and living and breathing. Um, but fundamentally, there, there are four. There are four behaviors. And, uh, and the first one is, is lead with love. Uh, the second wow. one is be brave. The third one is speak up and the fourth one is make it happen. And I think you can tell by the tone of voice, the simplicity and, and really deeply human nature of the language is yes. that, you know, we, we, we wanted these to be created by everyone in our business. Um, we went through and I think the journey and the process is probably worth spending just 30 seconds on because we didn't create these as, as management. We didn't have a few people scrolling away. And we, we worked on this as we would for our clients. Um, we opened up an online community to every single person in our, entire, in our entire network to listen and to say, you know, what is wrong? What do you feel is, is challenging in your office or for you as an individual? And I think making that connection between who we are as individuals and how we behave as, as teams and collectives was so powerful because we've mm. got everything out on the table and from there could build something really powerful. Mm. So, yeah, we're really, I'm really excited to be at this point in time. You've caught me on a very good week, <laughs> particularly <laughs> good week <laughs> i know those behaviors are absolutely beautiful you know you kind of feel them and you are so right like you know i've worked in many corporate companies and and they come out and they ask you let me ask you my your opinion but then we're going to ignore all of those opinions and just do our own thing squirreling away in a room anyway um, but we're going to make you feel as though you're incorporated into the decision and what you've done there is you've taken it. They're the words of 
people working on the ground you feel it like as soon as you you know lead with love as soon as you say that you go oh wow yeah that's you know it's not just it's not uh it's simplistic you know not le- you know not using larger words that people within the corporate world use but generally it doesn't have a feeling and um yeah I, uh, wow that's really <laughs> amazing i love it talking about values what are your personal core values within your life and work you know what do you hold very dear to you and if you're not living by them feel a little bit uncomfortable about uh, about things I think that's such a lovely question I think we should all probably ask ourselves that once once every week or so <laughs> yeah but that's that's really good good best in practice life practice it's interesting I think I think um, they were always core values and I think I think if if we are challenging ourselves and, and take time to reflect then they're probably there are probably things that we take on um every year um or, or over over a period of time i think certainly and possibly it helped me sort of frame what they were when i was I was reading something that that that, that google did they, they carried out a project called project aristotle that i thought was fascinating because they looked at behaviors within teams and why certain teams on on the on projects or underway were more effective than others and they couldn't figure it out. And so um, this amazing, this amazing young lady, I think who was quite fresh out of, um, of a university in, in, in the States, um, was one of a, a small cluster of people who sort of took this on. And what they discovered in the process of looking at all the different variables and all the different permutations, actually there were three factors that defined why some of these teams work better than others. And I loved them. And I think it helped me reconnect to what I hold dear and I, and, and, and I hope, you know, what, what I constantly challenge myself on. And they were empathy, curiosity and generosity. Yes. And, I, and I think that sense of, yes, I, you know, I, I think my, I go back to the notion of our four-year-old and five-year-old selves. And I'm sure you and I would be absolutely, we would have found each other then. And we're yes. Quite similar. <laughs> um, and I, I certainly, I, I, my four-year-old and five-year-old self was a deeply curious child. I'm sure I probably broke, drove my mother to distraction for, 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 for many, many a long day and night. Um, uh, empathy and again I think curiosity also connects in, into into that that connection with people because yes. you don't you're not the one who I mean this is a privilege now it's sort of being the one sort of to talk but um, I love to sit there and listen I love to hear people's stories you know what 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 inspires you second of all I think the empathy it's that if we if we can't put ourselves in somebody else's shoes then really what is the point if we don't have the capability to do that um, and so being trying to be a champion of that and trying to um, you know, constantly look at ways in which we can broaden that out into into daily business and, and generosity. You know, this isn't it interesting that this is starting to come up now. You see this hashtag a lot across, you know, social media. Mm. Um, you see the word purpose coming up because ostensibly, you know, purposeful business. And we know that, you know, any 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 young child coming into this world is going to have uh, not only a greater um, sense of commitment, but it will be a harsh reality that we all need to do more good in the world in whatever shape and form that takes. Mm. So, so the notion that actually business has rejected things that are sort of called soft values, that's another probably topic, but I have a real, I'm on a real mission when we talk, people talk about things as weak or as soft, actually it needs rebranding because what have been called the soft skills, so things that are deeply human, I think are the hard skills. Um, mm. Some people 
Some people are born with things um, in, 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 in ways that over-index more than others, but we can all be, we are not robots. The robots are not here yet and we can all work harder, you know, yes. to train ourselves to actually live, live, live more human values yeah. on, a, on a daily basis. Uh, absolutely. I experienced this a lot and I experienced it uh, when I was heavily into the corporate world myself that kindness is weakness this whole feelings emotions we don't we don't want to encourage those and kind of i i worked within those environments what do you say about that in you know you're talking about that you're doing some work around that right now and what would you say around that kind of kindness is weakness theory well, that was interesting. So I think I think when I was um, I had an absolute surprise last year. I got a lovely recognition in in something that Pinky Lilani and the team have done around um, the kindness uh, leaders, the fifty yeah. leading lights, and and she is phenomenal because I think what she has what she has done is started to put on the map uh, things that have been disregarded or taken for granted, uh, and really recast them and really reframed them and. Uh, and as part of this, which was celebrated at the Stock Exchange in London, um, with a host of um, truly mind-blowing and, and phenomenal, uh, phenomenal people, she said, um, I'd love everyone to, 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 to do a little write-up in terms of actually what has this meant to you. And one of the things that I wrote in that, um, and it probably, I think, is probably the most poignant answer to your question, is that kindness is invincible. And those words are not mine. They actually go back to somebody... Um, that I continue to sort of carry forward their words and wisdom, which is Marcus Aurelius. That he mm. said, "Kindness is, invis- is invincible." And as we know, you know, all the all, all these um, centuries later, when we look back on on Rome and, and, and Roman um, business models and leadership, and, and you know, again, that's probably a subject for another time. But isn't it interesting that he really stood out? as yeah. one of the rare few who did yeah. get it right, who took, who took a very different approach, you know, and again, look at what happened ultimately through, you know, egocentric narcissism, all the things that started to tear their incredible vision and actually what was, you know, a, a powerful business model in many ways, it just tore it apart from the inside. And he was one of the few who stood very much apart from that. And it was because he was such a deeply human leader. Yes. So so great that you brought that up because one of the things that I have really been feeling that's going on and I and I I stay away from the media in the in the whole um only because I think that it brings you to a place you're you're being fed whatever you want to be fed really um and obviously I have to use the media for myself in terms of promoting kindness but it's (laughs) a real battle to get um get the media on board with a kindness story it's always the last story of of the piece of the news piece and it's usually for a couple of minutes and for the rest of the time it's demonstrating us mostly not all the time but mostly tearing each other apart you know you look at our politics uh system and you know, we we have two people shouting at each other across a room. And that's, you know, that's been happening for as long as politics has happened. And, you know, you're right, the, the kind of the egocentric, you know, you look at anything within history and that's how we tear ourselves apart. But we still, so many still lead in that way. And that's what I find so interesting about it. Um, 
yeah I really, really yeah. love that analogy it, it is interesting I think I, I think it is deeply sad to think at a time when we talk about progress we, we look at it's interesting the last recession you know, that so those that those years when um, everyone was retrenching there was a lot of um, uh, discussion around risk mitigation and yet you know look what happened Apple brought out the biggest innovation that has actually changed <laughs> fundamentally you know how we inter- interact with each other and of course yeah. the, the ramifications that are are phenomenal but what's interesting is if we look at the and we've we've seen it we've seen it hit that so our the best global brand study that we do is almost like a bellwether actually not just the landscape of brands but actually how we have we are we are changing in terms of how how we are as people and what's fascinating is you look at the rise of whether it's you know the amazons the apples the googles the facebook's the, the netflixes etc etc within that top 100 list what's fallen out what's risen and the exponential um change within that the one thing that i always talk about is actually human behavior takes a very long time to catch up so what what we're seeing is actually to your point so the, the arrival of tech, the arrival of things that, that, that or the arrival of tech, but actually the, the exponential explosion of tech mm. into our lives and what that has meant um, really is interesting because for the most part, there's been quite a concomitant effect, I think, in terms of who we are as people. You see, you see rage explode at the moment that something doesn't work because we've been used to things happening in an instant. So I think the whole notion of what we value and why the whole notion of time in our lives are we really in control as you said it's i love what you, you talked about in terms of your you know this 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 duality of your relationship between w- with the media being present being absent uh, are we able to switch off do do we feel that we are and actually even within business do we signal as leaders that being constantly on you know time at weekends and time you know that we have as holidays should really be sacrosanct and mm-hmm. and again that's difficult in worlds where we're global businesses and there is a need for connectivity and different time zones mm-hmm. but i think we need to be really careful about how we manage that i think the other notion is what 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 is i think it should be the biggest wake-up call to the world right now to your point about politics society has never been more fractured and fragmented than than never before well we have very short memories as people and i think we should get get really get get real about that and pretty fast because um if you look at what's happening it is quite shocking to think that the pace of technology technological change and we talk about you know being fearful of ai well you know what people we created this it wouldn't exist without us so i think this this whole conversation about you know risk and this sort of fearful future well that's only in our hands that remains in our hands and i think either we look at the world that we're in right now as a world that is going to be highly dystopian dark uh, and one over which we have little control, or we each as individuals and together do something fundamental about that right now and mean it and do it and continue to commit to that. And we look at the world as actually a new renaissance. And we remember the renaissance was an incredible time when art and science, humanity and tech were coming together as never before. And I think yeah. if we if we really commit to a world that can be like that, then we will change things. But mm. things will fundamentally have to change at an individual behaviours level and a collective mm. behaviour behaviors level yeah i absolutely you couldn't put it better i mean it's for me i feel 
that we have this issue of consistent negativity that's breeding itself. And, you know, there are people, small pockets, you know, a lot of what I do um, with my cause is around promoting kindness within technology or trying to get it into social media, trying to get it on, you know, get stories out there that we're having a conversation around kindness because it's a really interesting point. They say, oh, do we need to teach kindness? This is what the media ask me. And I say, mm-hmm. yeah, we do. Yes. Never before have we needed to be having conversations around kindness, in my opinion, and really quite consciously having a conversation about it. Because all of the skills that we have are things that are learned and they can be unlearned very, very quickly and easily. Um And as you say, you know, we are feeding this kind of negative media. Negative is probably not quite the right word, but the media that we're currently in and the politics that we're currently in, we're feeding that ourselves. Um, And we do we have to make choices to feed something else um, Mm -hmm. with a with a different approach, really, and different values. Yeah, I love that. You talk about taking the time um, and making sure that, you know, kind of weekends are, weekends are your own um, as, as key leaders, you know, making sure that you do stop. How do you manage your personal well-being to make sure that you're kind of in tune with taking your own time? So, uh, as you said, I, I, I do travel a lot. Or I have been lately. Um, again, it, it can be a mix. But what I on, on in terms of travel, I think it's also how can we how can we take control over the things where, yes, you have to travel. Um, I did a, a trip to uh, Delhi in, in, in a, there and back in sort of un, under three days for, for a big conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think. I think the time, the time that we wrap around uh, travel and and, and and our sense of being in a place, I think, is is, is really important. Especially if that's something that's personal to me. I, I love I love discovering new places. I love again connecting into different cultures. So even in that short time when I when I was in Delhi, um, things that I do that have made a difference. And I've, and I've again to your point, how do we train ourselves? There's there's a great example I, I loved. Um, was a, there was a documentary film called The September Issue, which was uh, about Vogue Anna Winter that came out a few years ago. And there was a lovely moment in it because actually one of the people who emerged as the sort of secret star was Grace Coddington, um, <laughs> uh, who was phenomenal. I absolutely adore her. And there's a moment when they showed, they, they showed some footage of Grace in the back of a taxi going through Paris, and it was wonderful. She was there no iPhone, no nothing, that literally her head almost out of the window, soaking things in. And so what I've tried to teach myself to do is the time that I have in travel is to take it for reflection, for reading, time to myself, travel time. If you're in a taxi, take that time to look out of the window. I've talked to so many taxi drivers over the years. I've learned so, so much about 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 uh, culture and what's going on. And so that I did that in, in, in Delhi and I came back and obviously the energy in India, I absolutely adore. There's a, such a deep sense of spirituality there's a there's a special quality of light both I think literally and metaphorically so it's always special to be there so even sometimes when you think oh I've only got a precious few three days because in that occasion I had to get back for something else um, you know how do we make the most of that time and how do we take and how do we find a a way to pace the time that we have Mm, yeah absolutely making the most of it for sure and I think we can get so caught up can't we in not consciously kind of as you say actually I'm just going to put everything away and I'm just going to have 
quiet times you know there seems to be no time to be bored I can remember as a child being bored a lot you know <laughs> and we we have you know I'm definitely not bored now and I don't think children are bored anymore you know we've got so much to do and so much stuff and just thinking all the time and yeah it's just good to kind of take a moment and stop and and appreciate the moment I'm so on board with that um so so much of it links with um emotional intelligence you know and I'm big in my I'm personally big into emotional intelligence bringing it into work and and you talked about kind of that feeling side of things where do you think emotional intelligence sits within the successful workplace and I guess do you believe that we that many of the companies are using emotional intelligence currently I guess as well Mm, that's really interesting because, uh, again, of course, we, we get access to that in, in quite a privileged way because we're a business who works with such a plurality of brands across so many industries, so so many sectors. Uh, and I think from the inside out, you know, certainly that's that that's that's powerful for us. And one of the reasons why we're investing so much in terms of our people, our culture, learning as well. Uh, so I also run our global academy. I'm actually out in um, Boston next week running a residential masterclass program. Uh, and that's designed to um, celebrate and support and accelerate um, our rising senior talent across the network. So I'll have people flying in from all our offices across across the world to Boston to run this program. And the reason I mention that is actually I, I see learning and, and what I do with the academy as really a platform for amongst alongside everything else that we do in terms of you know stretching people, the craft, the skills. It's really a platform for collaboration, co-creation innovation and inspiration and that really comes from the best of what we do together uh, and so again that that human that human contact that ability to understand how we nurture and grow relationships with each other with our clients so really that's at the heart of what we do and I think that's also I've um, learned so much in business from having worked with such an eclectic mix of businesses and industries uh, and 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 people at every single level from um, from product manager through to CEO uh, and in different permutations. That is just the best, best really uh, life skill, I think, in terms of how you connect with people, how you manage relationships, how you look for the signals. I think I love what you were just talking about in terms of the time we have just to reflect and, and, and be. Certainly as consultants, the, the answer is not to go in there with, um, you know, presuppositions, with, with, with presuppositions necessarily, um, uh, because obviously that's that that's where we will be we, where we will be moving together in terms of in terms of work we're, we're going to be doing. The answer for us as consultants is to go in to say, actually, if we spend eighty percent of our time listening, listening mm. to the client, understanding, it's that great quote: seek first to understand, uh, mm. but constantly listen and never stop listening. You know, again, with our world, there is we are we have amazingly talented people and we are, are of course, we're solvers. Right. Well, that's what we want to do. We want to make something happen. We want to create things. That's what we do. That's the lifeblood of what we do. Uh, but really what we found over the years, as, as again, so many people in our space is that if you never stop listening, you never stop learning then the, the best relationships are formed. So a lot of the clients that potentially we worked with 5, 10, 15 years ago, uh, the same clients, they're just at different businesses now. And that's down to the fact that mm -hmm. we have deeply human relationships. And it's understanding the, the people that we work with as people. 
you know, mm. yes, we are a consultancy. Yes, we have clients, but we're all people at the end of the day. And if we're connecting on people to people, human to human relationships from the outset, then, you know, we're, we're, we're having very different conversations and also conversations that I think are braver. I think one thing that you said earlier on, you know, how do we balance um, mitigation of risk with maximization of business opportunity? Well, we only do that if the people that we're working with together feel the confidence and trust in each other to take that bold move to really make these iconic. We talk, I, I work a lot in luxury, so we talk a lot, a lot about iconic moves and the Chanel's of the world. Well, that was based on, you know, these visionary people who have the confidence to do it. Business has changed obviously exponentially since then. So this notion of us being the partners to help make a case for, for, for confident and, and iconic moves is, is really powerful, but it only comes with exactly what you're talking about around um, deep human to human understanding. Hmm. How do you promote kindness in the workplace? Because you, you work in this quite diverse, you have people working directly for you indirectly manage clients you indirectly manage people within the workplace because you are trying to collaborate everyone together how do you promote kindness within that workplace so i think certainly with the, with, with with our investment in um in in our behaviors and making that shift is is one big thing that we we are signaling globally as a business so we all unite yeah. and come together under these four behaviors and, and through them and amongst them and that never stops so you know how tokyo might might bring those to life and work on them and what some of that might mean very locally in in their office might look somewhat different to um madrid or new york for example but yeah. fundamentally will they will bring us together there are cultural glue the biggest thing is that what we do on a daily basis do we call each other out do we reinforce you know the thank you the smile it's and everything in life and in every best sort of you know harvard business review which i adore you know textbook business case and the great lessons in life it's always the small things it's always the detail that's always how we you know clean clean things up it's always how we move things forward whatever the shift the behavioral shift or the movement that you want to change it starts with the small things and it never stops with the small things so i think we constantly obsess about those thank yous those those small things that make a difference in in, in our daily lives that that kind word that comes out of nowhere when i think about the office where where, where we are there's a gentleman every day he's on he's on, he's on the reception uh, he never stops smiling you know, and I always have a chat with him because he's the most amazing start to anyone's day. And those people are a real gift. And those moments, yeah. and if we think about the multiplication of those moments, that that is that is just phenomenal. That that is what it is to be human, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I talk about this in the power of the power of ten minutes. There is there is great power in somebody smiling or opening the door for you or doing any of these things they make huge differences to people um, because you don't know what that person is going through. So fascinating. Um, okay. Do you, but something I've been talking to people about, do, about stress, because there are so many people who are not ma able to manage their stress. We have a lot of mental health issues um, that seem to be on the increase. Um <laughs> And with that, do you think that um, that affects how kind we are to each other in the workplace? Well, I think, again, if, if, if we if we have if we have that 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 strong culture, 
as, as, as collectives and the businesses, then it's, it shows up who, you know, who you are and how you behave in a crisis. Um, again, if we look at some, 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 of the, some, of, some of the big crises that we've seen in business over the years, uh, the ones that, that go deeply, deeply wrong are, for example, mm. when you know, the CEO is completely absent, there's no communication um, uh, and, 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 and there's no continuity in terms of you know, really, okay, things happen, but how we deal with those things. So I always say, actually, how we show up and behave in, in crisis situations. I mean, there was a, I always remember the, 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 the case that I was taught on Johnson & Johnson and Tylenol when they had the poisoning of Tylenol, but actually Johnson & Johnson just came out so loud, so strong and so human, took everything off and really retrenched, over-communicated, acted as a deeply, deeply human brand. Um, yeah. You know, and that applies to business, individuals and teams alike. You talk about, and this my final question, bringing the podcast to a close very sadly, because I feel I could ask you a hundred more questions. It's but... been such a wonderful conversation. That's I so know, talking amazing. That's about like five minutes. Now. <laughs> um, what does the term a culture of kindness mean to you? You talked uh, about building that culture. And what does a, the term a culture of kindness mean to you? I think I think very simply you 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 feel it you feel it again you you see it show up in in in, in so many ways and again it's 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 probably it's probably the the little things uh, and it is that sense of something for me that shows up when something comes at you out of the blue and potentially it might be a day where again you're running around you're super stressed or or you see somebody across a room and somebody does something or says something that. They didn't need to, but they saw it. Um, I had an instance the other day and I, and I, I saw somebody and um, I think they used the word fine about four times. And, I, and, so, and they were about to sort of zip off and you could just see in their face actually that they weren't fine. And I knew, and we all know when somebody says, <laughs> says I'm fine a multiplicity <laughs> of times, they're not. And, 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 and we just literally had a chat for another three or four minutes. Um, and I think those are those moments when we we need to take time for each other even when we don't if we see something that's slightly wrong even just to ask the question just to be there honestly culture of kindness for me is just being there for each other through thick and thin and taking the time to see things that maybe others haven't seen but if you've seen it do something about it yeah amazing rebecca thank you so much what an ending to this podcast I'm sure that people have taken away so much from today as I have thank you again and um, yeah have a great rest of your day thank you so much for listening to this week's episode whether you're a CEO or department manager you can build a more productive profitable and engaged workforce through adopting the theory laid out in my latest book available on Amazon, aptly also named A Culture of Kindness. It will guide you on how to be the type of leader that every employee remembers for all the right reasons. You can also subscribe to the monthly newsletter at www.nahalasummers.com to hear more about the latest talks, courses and upcoming podcast episodes. Thank you.